0: Coming up on the Matt Townsend Show, think about something in your life you just have to have. Now, I'm not talking about your family or friends or shelter, stuff like that. I'm talking about those little luxuries that you must have, like your smartphone, how about a long, hot shower, a favorite snack. And you know, when that luxury goes missing, there is no limit to your rage. Well, coming up on the show, we're going to be talking about those automatic thoughts and how they negatively impact your relationships. That's up next after the news.
1: Good afternoon. I'm Katie Jarvis with Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio News. The Pentagon has stated it will delay furlough notices for its civilian employees for about two weeks, while officials analyze how congressional fund changes will affect cuts. Officials say as many as 10 percent of the department's 800,000 civilian workers could be excluded from the furloughs. The Postal Service lost $16 billion last year and has said last month that it wanted to switch to a five-day mail service to save billions annually. Despite their request to cut Saturdays, Congress decided to keep all six days, and the Senate has approved. A recently released study with data from the European Space Agency's Planck spacecraft shows that the universe is actually 100 million years older than previously estimated. Data also shows that ordinary matter that makes up stars, galaxies, and planets accounts for a tiny 4.9% of matter in the universe. The number of people seeking unemployment aid is holding steady since last week. A decline in layoffs is helping strengthen the job market. The Labor Department says weekly unemployment benefits applications rose just $2,000, or 2,000 applications to a seasonally adjusted $336,000. House Speaker John Boehner said today he supports stronger enforcement of the current background check system in order to get a gun permit and not new policy, as Congress is working to push through legislation aimed at combating gun violence. In world news, President Obama met today with Palestinian Authority President Mohammed Abbas in the West Bank. President Obama says Palestinians deserve an independent and sovereign state and an end to occupation by Israel. The United Nations Secretary General has launched a probe into allegations that chemical weapons have been used in Syria. France, Britain and the United States have called for a wider inquiry. They want the UN to investigate allegations of the government involvement in the attacks. And that's the news. I'm Katie Jarvis with Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend. Today's the day we're fixing your brains today. Can you believe it? How long have you been waiting for that to happen? Huh, Skyboy? I've been waiting 23 years. Yep. Your mom called and said it's about time. We're doing it today. Awesome. Do you have a brain problem? Um, I don't know. I've been told. Well, you will. You will find out today, and we will fix it. We're bringing on a great guest today, folks. Uh, Dr. Charles Parker is going to be joining us later in the show, and we're going to be talking about how your brain creates a lot of your realities of your world, whether accurate or not, including a major impact on your feelings you feel, the emotions you have. And um, again, some of them are healthy. They work for you. Some of them don't. We're also going to get into a bunch of other topics. Uh, One of them we're going to call assume necessities, okay? Now, assume necessities, we'll get into this throughout the entire show. But an assumed necessity is something you think you have to have a certain way, and you assume it has to be that way, even though you probably haven't ever tested it another way. Um, We're going to get into that big time. Here's an example. So last night... I had about 50 people, I don't know, 50, 45 people in my house, okay? It was packed in this room. And my son, we've talked about this before, received his mission call. So what that means in our vernacular here at Brigham Young University is you've seen all those Mormon missionaries out there, white shirts, you know, riding their bikes, or really well-dressed ladies that just are representing. And... Uh, th- you may not know this but these they're all volunteers you know no one's paying them to go out and do their ministry or their work so they they apply they get recommendations from their local congregational leaders we call them bishops and then the, then those are, applications are put into the the headquarters of the LDS church and then they receive a call we call it a calling is anywhere in the world boom these kids 18 to 20 18 to 30, 18 to 20-something years old, can get called anywhere in the world. So I have a son, 18 almost, put in his papers, and he's going on a mission. And we're all sitting there, 45 of us, waiting to find out where he's going. And as a father, I assume that it needs to be a safe place. My wife does too. I assume it needs to just maybe be a clean place, maybe a place where they'll love this boy and respect him as we did, and no one will mess with him. And um, that was blown up yesterday because he got his call to go to Mexico, cool place, and Saltillo is the name of the city. So I, as his father, immediately do a Google search, Saltillo, Mexico, because I want to know what is the big deal, what it's like. First thing that came up in the Google search said, Saltillo, Mexico, violence. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That was just an accident. And then I start sorting through all the pictures on Google about Saltillo, and I'm sure it's not this violent. It just – they've had some bad situations with some drug cartels that happened to reside there. Uh, next thing I read is that it is, it is Mexico's Detroit. Wow. And I'm like, hmm. Is that good or bad? Because Detroit's got a lot of good things. It's a city in resurgence. It's a city in resurgence. They made cars. It's the car manufacturing capital of Mexico. There we go. 30% of the automobiles in Mexico come from Saltillo. See? Yeah. So it's good. (laughs) Then um, all this is going really well, and then I start just sifting through the pictures, picture, 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 picture. By about the seventh picture underneath Saltillo, Mexico, in my Google search, the seventh image was a man that had been shot with his bike and apparently was a drug kind of Lord shooting.
2: Hmm. That just fills you with
0: positive <sighs> thoughts. Now, in and... my head, it's going, it was freaking out. It was freaking out. Then they calmed me down by – some people read me some other stats, and then everyone starts telling their stories about how they love Mexico. But what I found out is whatever everyone else is thinking, in my head I had some assumptions, and our assumptions get in the way of what we think has to happen, what we want to happen. It's a big deal. We all have these assumptions, and so our brain – can seriously, for good or evil, I guess, or bad, can impact our lives. That's what we're talking about on the show today, and we're bringing on Dr. Parker. So if you uh, be listening, if you have a question or a comment for today's show, we would love to hear from you. 1855 chat BYU 1855 chat BYU give us a call if you get your call on the air with Dr. Parker or myself at, at any time we'll give you a copy of my book called Feeding the Starved Marriage or Feeding the star- no, Starved no stuff Feeding the Seven Basic Needs of Healthy Relationships so give us a call 1855 chat BYU and let's get into some of the uh you know the germane headlines Regarding our heads. Anybody got one?
3: Well, speaking of brains, what about people who hoard things? They've got brains. I mean, we, they do. So, what's the big deal with that? I mean. Well, the question has always been is that just a personality trait or is that something that actually goes on inside their brain?
4: Hmm.
0: Is it just that they like, like,
3: huge piles in their
2: house i like big piles big piles mean more things are in the piles. so whoever <laughs> it's like whoever dies with the biggest piles is wins. the winner yep.
0: well what's what if the pile's garbage
2: it's still a bigger pile than your pile of garbage so so you're the head of garbage I'm, you are the I king have the biggest garbage pile
0: huh that's the rationale well
3: or it's just a preference thing red car blue car small pile big pile No, it's not. Actually, So, if you speak with a hoarding researcher from the University of New South Wales. Is that a
0: researcher that researches hoarding or is that a researcher that actually hoards?
3: uh, Maybe a little bit of both, but definitely (laughs) the researching part. Okay. Research hoarding. People who suffer from hoarding may struggle with uh, what they call executive function, the ability Mm -hmm. to break things into categories. So what they did is they put together a group of people, some that have a hoarding problem, some that don't. Gave them some cards, little circles, squares, shapes, said, sort these cards. Didn't tell them the rules, didn't tell them how to sort it, just let them add it. And what they found is your typical person who has no trouble throwing things away could start to find some rhyme or reason, stack things together. Categorize stuff. Yeah, maybe the squares were different colors, but they were squares. It's more difficult for somebody who struggles with hoarding to formulate strategies and concepts Hmm. of how to break it into them. They saw each item in the pile, so to speak, as special. It was unique.
0: Unique. That's a red square as opposed to a yellow square. They didn't see squares. They just saw the uniqueness of each one.
3: Exactly. So when you have... A bunch of unique squares and somebody tells you to throw your square away, well, that's hard because that's the only yellow square I have. Oh, yeah, it's, um, it's, a, it's a magical square. But if I have a stack of seven squares and somebody tells you to throw throw the yellow one, oh, that's fine. I've got five other squares.
0: See? I think I'm a hoarder then because we just got a complaint from one of the other talk show hosts that all, I have all the people on my team. <laughs> and he has none. It's because you're a bunch of unique squares. Well, it's also
2: because there isn't another show going on right now.
0: Why was he mad? I don't know. Because he looked like he was going to hurt somebody.
3: Well, see, right now there's a small army of about uh, 9, 10, 11 people in here in this room right now. Now, instead of looking at it, as going, here are 10 disposable producers. Right. You should you look and you go Well, There's Bryce and there's Madison and Sky there's Barrett and there's Skyboy and there's the other Matt and you can't discard any one of them no. specifically because they're unique,
0: right?
5: There's it, actually only 7. <laughs> I like looked around and i was he, like,
0: "What?" <laughs> he he was looking. he he saw the images. See, now she's discarding
3: the five other people standing against that wall over there who are in <laughs> no, the show wall. too.
0: No, don't don't tell them that they're not here. Just don't tell them that that's a You're story. hurting their feelings. <laughs> Talk about mental problems. That's a that's a hoarding issue. I did not think of it. So it's not like they're just a bunch of crazy loons, right, that just want to make it on a television show on TLC. They just have trouble trying to break it into groups. I mean, so tell me that doesn't make sense. They can't get rid of it because everything's special. Well, it could
3: even be as simple as, okay, they recognize that the old newspapers aren't yeah useful. But what categories do you put it in? Do you put it in the sell it category, the donate to charity category, the discard it category? Yeah. Even breaking it into that – They're capable of doing it, but it it doesn't click as easily and automatically as it could for another person. So then
0: they just don't do it and they just keep it. See, to me, we're going to find out. It's the brain. It's the brain. It's the brain.
5: You know, I think that some people do this more than others. And just, you know, a reference to that is some people, they like to keep cards because they see that as something very sentimental, something that they like to keep. Other, like, guys, I know that they won't throw a – Throw away a pair of shoes that they could possibly use, you know. Yeah. I think some people, like all of us, have it to a certain degree, you know, because well, like I parents we're... with their children's stuff.
0: Yeah, you can't get rid of their stuff.
5: Yeah,
0: I went to Maui and I was trying to find something to buy my family, and everywhere you go, there's shot glasses, <laughs> little Maui shot glasses, and I'm like, do people really collect these? Because I mean, apparently everywhere I go on a vacation, there's this little shot glass, Bryce. Well, there's the shot glasses, and there's the
2: little keys. Have you seen? Or not keys, spoons.
0: Yeah, the spoons. The little collector uh, yeah, spoons?
2: Yeah. What? Like, it's not a big enough spoon that I can use. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't drink, so shot glass is not for it's me. Not... It's I. Well, I, I
0: guess, yeah. It just seems uh-huh. like... Where does it maybe go? Maybe that's what hoarders need to do, is get a little place to hang their little spoons.
5: Yeah, there you go. And
0: Or, at least, let's figure out, that's the cool thing about... It's not just you're a crazy loon. See, back in Massachusetts, they would have been burnt as a witch because they're hoarding. (laughs) Now we recognize that people, we all just have different issues. And in fact, we'll talk to Dr. Parker about it later today. Uh, It's just brain. And some people just can't make the categorization. You can't make the categorization. You can't toss anything out. Can't toss anything out. Health department shuts you down. Yeah. Or you end up on TV. Either or. Either. and you end up becoming a phenomenal – what do they call them? What do they call those people – (gasps) <gasps> no, like like Snooky. <laughs> oh, reality TV star. Yeah, but they only have other names for them because they're not. Well, they have. names like, Yeah, that aren't I mean, good. Yeah, we probably don't want to do that. <laughs> okay, so interesting hoarding. That could be one of our problems. You got one, B Tay. Well, so there's
2: a lot of a lot of our addictions, a lot of the things that we get into. They cause problems, and then other people get involved. Sometimes, like in an intervention, yeah, or something. They have a show on interventions too. Oh, they do. We need new TV shows. That's what this conversation has taught me. But <laughs> but we have there's the people who they're called, like, the below-the-radar addict. They're the person who, they have their addictions, but it doesn't
0: really cause any problems. It's not surfacing in a yeah. way that everyone's saying, you've
6: got a problem.
2: Yeah, it's not It's not like a DUI where mm-hmm. a cop has stopped you and you have to go up here in front of a judge and then you have to tell everyone at work, and it, it brings it up. No, 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 there's the below-the-radar addict. They have problems, they have their addictions, they have their things, but it's never just problematic enough right. that it really becomes a big deal. And so... They tend to jump from addiction to addiction. Things like, let's say they start, you know, they're a heavy drinker in their 20s. Happens a lot, okay? That transitions into, let's say, overeating. And then they, you know, gain a little weight from overeating. Yeah. And then they decide to to get some prescription ADHD medication. to to, lower their weight. To help them lose a little bit of weight. And so none of these are huge problems. Well, except for... You've except lost for the person yeah. except for the person but it's not like you know it's not it's not causing an upheaval so you have these people who just kind of stay below yeah. the radar they don't have someone to the
0: healthy addict
2: i do not even <laughs> is, that, is that what you're saying the, the unobtrusive addict yeah, the, yeah i don't know that doesn't feel better but <laughs> um but it's never enough that other people get involved and other people get in their get in their face but i don't want to say get in their face uh they they have this all on themselves. Yeah. They've
0: convinced themselves that they need this. But see, they're still just medicating. They just yeah. they're just probably maybe more socially adept. <laughs> maybe they know how to hide it better. I don't know. That's that's scary though. But it's in but I guess the important thing is that it's in their head uh-huh. that
2: I need to do this. But I don't have this anymore. So now I need to start doing this. But yeah. because I started doing this, I need to switch over to this thing. And they call it, what is it, called? like cross?
0: I don't know. Yeah, they're starting to, yeah, they just keep going. So it's really, the addiction is the need for an addiction. And it, they're not prefer, they don't prefer one or over another. They'll just use whatever addictions works. is available to now. them at the time. Hmm. And so it kind of creates a vicious
2: cycle. But you know, Yeah, That's but it, scarier it's scarier in a way. A little bit, a little bit. But they can, the, the thing is, it's there, it's on them cuz they don't have other people getting
0: uh, involved in it and they're not involving other people in it. I'm addicted. Yes. I think I fit that category. Because I'm I have a maple bar problem. <laughs> is it is it the maple bars or is it you? Oh, it's the maple bars. It's the maple bars, K. Okay. Cuz I yeah, I have a maple bar problem. But I realized that a few years ago it was more of a hostess pie problem. Hmm. I see the transition. Are you with me? I see the transition. And now I, I figured out that it may not be a maple bar or a an apple or an apple pie problem. It might be a sugar problem. Could be a sugar problem.
2: Could be a you don't like mornings, and so
0: I, actually it's an afternoon. Thing. Oh, it's your afternoon maple bar. <laughs> and so usually you- on Thursdays after Thursday's show, I like to go get ice cream. Yeah, and I'm sensing sugar.
5: You've never taken any of us? No, because I'm doing it on my way home. <laughs> oh, well, yeah.
0: <laughs> so I think I'm an under-the-radar guy. See, it doesn't it doesn't affect all of us.
2: We wish no. it would affect all of us, yeah. you know. I, know, I like, did. Thursday I brought you cookies ice cream. today. He did.
0: But you notice so I am not eating them yeah. <laughs> because I'm getting ice cream today. <laughs> it's, so get He's off got it my figured back. out. <laughs> anyway, that's scary. So it's all in our brain, though. It seems
2: to be. And also, it's all in your brain because if you take away someone's brain, they don't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. So, oh
4: my <laughs>
0: hmm. if they were brainless, they would be useless. Good point. <laughs> Leave it up to Bryce to bring it home like that. So, we're talking about your brain today, folks, and how your brain impacts, you know, obviously everything, including your crazy jokes that Bryce gave us. But it also includes the fact that it might impact your relationship. Your brain impacts your emotions. It impacts your executive functioning, whether you're going to hoard or not. So we're talking to a brain expert. Uh, We're going to come back, do a couple more things. Uh, We've got a really fun uh, little learning experience with Bryce Tobin, a little bit of a rant. Then we're going to bring on Dr. Charles Parker, neuroscientist. An adult psychiatrist, he's going to work through our brains for us and teach us how to understand how the brain works a little bit more right here on The Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
6: The next location for a manned space station might be really far out, as in beyond the moon.
7: This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future.
6: As NASA contemplates the next steps in manned and unmanned missions to the moon, Mars, faraway asteroids, and more, the question arises, where is the best place to put a space station for supporting deep space missions? The current space station is in low Earth orbit, only about 400 kilometers high. That's still rather deep in Earth's gravity well. To go into deeper space, some advocate a station that's literally far out, even beyond lunar orbit. Thanks to orbital mechanics, there is a location that's uniquely qualified for a deep space jumping-off point. It's the Lagrange point, called L2 for short. Lagrange points are spots leading and trailing the orbit of Earth around the Sun, a million and a half kilometers past Earth's orbit, where the pull of gravity balances out so that an object at the L2 point stays there until you want to move it. You can save a lot of fuel drifting parked at L2, yet you only need a small rocket burn to jump off in any direction in space from that spot. L2 might end up as our bus station to the entire solar system. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino.
7: Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. And my children think that my mother's the most wonderful person on the face of this earth. And I keep telling my children, that's not the same woman I grew up with. You're looking at an old person who's trying to get into heaven now.
2: Since the early 60s, Bill Cosby has been making audiences laugh at his unique takes on life. Friday, March 22nd, Bill Cosby will be appearing live at the Tuacon Amphitheater in southern Utah. Learn more at tuacon.org.
3: Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and
7: your stress.
0: A little bare necessities for you. We like to bring in all the Disney greats. And uh, on bare necessities, okay, you've heard, you know, the song Bare Necessities, but... Earlier, we introduced the idea about assumed necessities. Here's Bryce Tobin's take on that.
2: Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is The Bryce is Right. Let's break down the concept of the holiday. We have them because something noteworthy happened one day. We've also figured out the Earth's orbital pattern, and because it's rather predictable, the next year that the same day rolls around, we decide to commemorate it. It's probably the most literal example of trying to relive the past. I mean, it's not a bad thing, but it's kind of weird when you step back and take a look at exactly what's going on. We do this commemoration for just about any kind of event. It could be something fantastic like the end of a war, or something less fantastic like a day when someone really awesome was killed. So how do we commemorate? In the very least, you get work off. This is probably the most consistent theme with real holidays, and it's probably the best part. The downside is that most other places are closed and there's less stuff to do, but hey, you don't have to go to work, so that's something. But this leaves a space to be filled with activities. Some holidays have a very obvious choice of activities that become traditions. There's the reenactment, which is normally kind of weird, but hey, to each their own. America has decided to celebrate everything with overeating. Some holidays have an apparent food theme, like Thanksgiving. Others, like Memorial Day, don't have much of a food theme to them, but hey, that didn't stop us from doing the memorial day barbecue and the overeating of charred meat. Birthdays are another fun one. Let's ignore the horrors of childbirth that heralded your arrival and just celebrate the fact that you managed another lap around the sun by eating sugar frosted sugar bread and giving you gifts. But you know what? A holiday is just a day. It's going to be a Tuesday just like any other Tuesday. It's going to last 23 hours and 56 minutes just like the day before and just like the day after. You're still going to get tired. You're still going to feel hungry. But it's a holiday. It's different, right? No, it's just different in your head. You only need to do traditional things because you've convinced yourself that you need to do them. And then when we don't play into those things that we're supposed to do, the day is a waste or it's all been ruined. It rained, we couldn't go outside and do that thing that we do every year, or the food I was making didn't turn out. But once again, how has the day been ruined? Something happened a long time ago and now you don't have to go into work. Where's the downside in that? So I guess what I'm trying to say is, don't get caught up in the things that we've convinced ourselves of being important. Just enjoy your day off and count yourself lucky. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome.
0: Don't you forget to be awesome.
2: I am always trying to be awesome. Do you
0: assume that we forget to be awesome?
2: I do, actually, if you deal with people. Some people, (laughs) you can tell some people thought, today I'm just going to be awful. Today I'm just going to... Yeah, is that
0: what you're feeling today? People are out to get you today. Everyone's out to get me. Hey, um, so this assumed necessity, so we all think, for example, a holiday, we got to have it. And we don't just have to have it, we have to have it a certain way. Yes. And it should be at my house. Yeah, because that's where I am. Yeah. So I need everyone else to come where I am, and be happy, and wear a sweater. Like I
2: think a good example of this is in all of our photos, where it's like, smile, smile yeah. for the photo. I know
0: you're miserable. Okay, <laughs> smile for the photo. That's interesting. What if you want to portray an image of of unhappiness, and uh, that is what you assume? You know, I don't know if. Uh, well, okay. If you're on vacation, and you're taking pictures on your vacation.
2: You know, you don't want to. You don't want to yeah. say, well, at this point I was absolutely miserable, but
0: at the same time, why are we smiling? See, We're- it's such – my wife assumes and feels this incredible need to have to take pictures in the first place. Yeah. So we'll be sitting at a beautiful moment, like looking at a beautiful sunset in Hawaii, <sighs> just taking it in. I'm thinking, wow, just take that in. Wow, isn't it nice to and relax? She's and she's like, we got to get a picture of that.
2: I think that the picture taking can ruin – the moments, oh yeah, very often. Oh, like, every day in
0: my life. Like people like that go to concerts or sports games yeah. constantly. They're just trying to take pictures and like, video you, it. Yeah, can you not just enjoy this moment? Yeah, and then they assume your eyes have to be open. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Why can't you have a picture with your eyes shut?
2: I mean, it's look. I'm
0: sleepy, right? Mm-hmm. Matt gets sleepy too, all right? And when you have a, when you have six kids like I do, and uh, you're trying to get eight of you in a picture to actually work, that's not going to happen. Because everybody in that picture has a different assumption about what needs to happen in this picture. Exactly. Some are hating it. Some, my wife, for example, thinks this is critical.
2: It's cr- You have to smile. Everyone, every smile has to show teeth. Uh-huh.
0: And my youngest thinks this is a chance to leverage myself against everyone. Uh, he has just been given power. <laughs> yeah. And he is going to abuse it. And if, I, if he throws a fit, then he knows he's got power over mom. Oh, yeah. And then he knows dad will get mad because now mom is mad. And then... We ruin the whole day. Well, then you have to bribe him to smile and then he gets something. Exactly. Yeah. See, that's an assumption you have to bribe him. You could also just be violent. (laughs) That's another assumption. (laughs) See, this is how it works. We've all got this assumption about how something has to be and how someone needs to act, right? And we all have certain things. Like, we assume that there's a proper thing to say. So when your wife says, do I look fat in this? We all assume that there's a right answer. Not true. No, no, no.
2: Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. More than that. We assume <laughs> there's a right answer and there's a wrong answer.
0: Right. See? But no, there's a million things you can say. But will she take them?
2: Man. That's well, the question. That's, that's what you assume is that if Marit's you say
0: it, like, she'll take it. She won't it. take them. Don't even go there. So this assume necessity is a big deal because it's all about expectations. So when you have issues with your in-laws and your friends and your family, it's a big deal. It's about how you cook. It's about what you serve for dinner. Do you have to have plates? Huh? Who says you have to have plates?
2: I mean, people have hands.
0: People I mean. have hands. If the counter's clean,
2: look. Any college student worth their degree has yeah. eaten out of a pot. Okay, well, sure,
0: because you don't need a plate. You don't Dude, it all need, the time. <laughs> in fact,
2: in fact, you will start making your food with the fork you plan on using it to eat with, yeah. so that you can just <laughs> do you, off you have the to stove? have a cup, or can you just use the bottle or the container? Uh, I saw a guy who, he didn't have a plate, and he had a goblet, and so he put his little microwavable pizza rolls in the goblet, and that's what he does now. He doesn't put it in a plate. He puts it in a goblet.
0: But see, you know what? He may be starting a trend. (laughs) (laughs) So when you think about your assumed necessities out there, do you have certain things in your head that have to be that way? And they have to be that way because your mother did them, and her mother. I'm sorry to get emotional. Does that just get you down? And then all of a sudden you're living these legacies of everyone else past, even though, you know, we have more technology in our phone now than the federal government had in their possession, what, 30 years ago? Easily, yeah. And in our our little hand we have that. But yet we're supposed to still be living all of the same thoughts, all of the same traditions. Now, obviously, there are some things that are good. Holidays are good. Holidays are great. But the point is not necessarily the holiday or even the day – It might be other things like getting together or honoring people that have gone before or religious traditions, things like that. Come on. (sighs) Good times. Good times. We always assume that Bryce is going to have a rant.
2: Sometimes I may be in a good mood. Maybe I'll have something positive to bring to the table. I normally don't. I can hardly wait
0: for that day. But. That'll be great. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be bringing on Dr. Charles Parker. He's going to teach us how our brains pretty much impact everything we've got, our moods, our feelings, our relationships. This is The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Broadcast from the campus of BYU, the Wheatley Forum brings you topics ranging from fostering integrity to financial security. Join expert
1: researchers and panelists to hear uplifting and motivating scholarly discussions. Tune in to the Wheatley Forum, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM
0: 143 BYU Radio. Talk about good.
1: Good afternoon. I'm Katie Jarvis with Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio News. A bipartisan group of senators is nearing an agreement on a comprehensive immigration bill that would put illegal immigrants on a 13-year path to citizenship. The bill would make the most sweeping changes to the immigration laws in decades. There are still some issues with the policy, but the senators on the project hope to resolve most of them by the end of this week. The Postal Service lost $16 billion last year and has said last month that it wanted to switch to a five-day mail service to save billions annually. Despite their request to cut Saturdays, Congress decided to keep all six days, and the Senate has approved. Montana is set to license the salvage of roadkill for human consumption, formalizing a practice that is already legal in West Virginia and Illinois. Other states discourage it heavily, including Texas and Oregon. House Speaker John Boehner said today he supports stronger enforcement of the current background check system in order to get a gun permit and not new policy, as Congress is working to push through legislation aimed at combating gun violence. A new government study shows that United States schoolchildren are being diagnosed with some form of autism at a record rate of 1 in 50. The number of children with autism has been rising for more than two decades, but experts say that it is unclear whether children today are at greater biological risk than those in past generations or if the rise correlates with increased awareness. In world news, President Obama met today with Palestinian Authority President Mohammed Abbas in the West Bank. President Obama said Palestinians deserve an independent and sovereign state and an end to occupation by Israel. United Nations Secretary General has launched, launched a probe into allegations that chemical weapons have been used in Syria. France, Britain and the United States have called for a wider inquiry. They want the UN to investigate allegations of government involvement in the attacks. More deaths are reported from a suicide bomb attack inside a mosque in Damascus. Local Syrian news says 42 people have died and more than 80 others were wounded. And that's the news. I'm Katie Jarvis with Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Uh, Dr. Matt Townsend here, and today we are bringing on a great guest. We've had him on our show before, Dr. Charles Parker. Uh, I just I love picking his brain on the brain. Um, there's He's just a great expert. He, he does it all. You can find out any information you want about him at drcharlesparker.com. But uh, Dr. Charles Parker is a, a, a psychiatrist and um, does a lot of work with brain imaging he's a child and adult psychologist and basically what he's doing he's written a new book called new adhd medication rules it's a bestseller on amazon he's married he's got two kids but i think the most important thing he's really on the cutting edge of understanding the brain and the brain science and pretty much, I mean, not all, but a lot of other things that we're running into, ADD, ADHD, and some of our emotional issues like we've been talking about on the show. So I wanted to bring him on and have him enlighten us a little bit more on our relationships, our brain, and how our brain impacts our lives. Dr. Ch- uh, Doctor
7: Parker, are you with us? Yes, Matt. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: You bet. It's so good to have you back. Uh, it's It's fun to really work with somebody that knows their stuff. And uh, what I like, I think a lot about what you're doing is you're pushing it, aren't you? You're pushing the the research and pushing a lot of the imaging. So instead of just throwing some medicine at kids that might have ADHD, in your organization, you like to really get in and take a look at the brain before you do anything.
7: Details matter. It's like we're ignoring a tremendous amount of reality that directly affects brain function. And even as you were talking in that break there about autism, yeah, one of the things we're missing is the fact that our environment so significantly impacts these kids, and we see environmental issues going on all the time that actually infect, uh, infect, uh, affect, and infect children in the womb and children, young children, because their brain doesn't actually work correctly, mm. and uh, so we, you know, it's it's a big thing, and reality regarding brain function we need to get away from labels we need to get away from reductionistic thinking we need to deal with the complexity of human beings that's what we need to do
0: well or we just throw medicine at them. come yeah, on doc right. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. that's easier <laughs> It's no so question. easy it makes you I, but in that in, in that little joke it kind of shows you that maybe we're letting the the what's the phrase the tail wag the dog
7: you said that's exactly right. Yeah. And,
0: and instead, let's go figure out what's going on with the dog and first make sure it's a dog, not a tail wagging a dog or whatever.
7: Absolutely.
0: But uh, so so fill me in, though, because the, the brain is so complex and it seems like we're just barely even getting started to understand it, I guess, just as our imaging uh, abilities have been increasing. Is that what's going on?
7: Well, here's what happened for me personally is I was doing traditional psychiatry for many years and back in two thousand three i got involved with the guy who is the thought leader in the country doing brain imaging and it changed my life i began to actually see the human being in the office and have a chance to compare their brain function with the person in the office and then what's happened since that time in two thousand three i have done nothing but look more deeply into and this is a big word but it works neurophysiology how the brain functions and how it plays out in our everyday lives. And that's one of the things we're going to wind up talking about today because you can see in relationships, if we don't really understand what we're dealing with in relationships in counseling and coaching, in our work with our spouses, in our work with our kids and our loved ones, if we don't have an idea of what's going on, we're doing the same thing so often, just looking at, hey, he's angry, he's mad, he's sad. What do we do instead of looking at the complexity of that presentation
0: it's almost like we then we didn't kind of attribute to this person or our partner more like kind of a negative intention like they're just rude or they just don't care instead of no they actually have this issue in their brain yeah Yeah. and and then that then it loses everything because then it's more about good bad right wrong instead of let's understand what's really going on
7: that is so true that's what happens because Affect, if you really think about it, our entire diagnostic categorization system is almost entirely based on affect, based mm-hmm. on feelings. Are you nervous? Are you and, and and the evaluations that people do are based on emotions predominantly and have very little to do with cognition. It's interesting that fifty percent of brain activity is cognitive. And yet, we're not actually evaluating it in the offices across the country. It's pretty doggone amazing.
0: Okay, so let, let's 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 clarify your terms. So, cognitive meaning brain functioning.
7: Brain cognitive is really thinking as opposed to feeling.
0: So feel okay. So emotion and versus feeling. So you're saying fifty percent of our relationship problems is that what you're saying?
7: Absolutely.
0: It, Absolutely. Our thinking problems. are our cognitive thinking problems
7: Yeah, and so to to really put that in some greater perspective what happens is our prefrontal cortex helps us as human beings sort changing reality i mean heraclitus said it in you know 500 bc you Mm. can't stick your foot in the same river twice this is what we've been dealing with for millennia is that we as human beings have done a really good job compared to all the rest of the animals of adjusting to changing reality and fixing different ways that we're able to avoid changes in the weather. I right. mean, I don't know about you, but I'm in a, I'm in a building right now, and it's a little chilly. We had a snow in Virginia Beach today. If you can imagine oh, that. Oh wow! So what happens is, uh, you know, we're inside, we're protected. We drove a car to work. Our our human ancestors actually helped understand how to deal with changing reality in such a way with that working memory with that cognitive apparatus we were able to see the problem understand the problem and carry the resolution of that understanding into the next day that's what working memory is all about Mm, yeah find it fix it and carry it into the next day and so that happens in relationships most of the people we've seen who have relationship conflicts they do a lot of relationship work very well Like, okay, honey, I'm going to go to the bank today. If you get the groceries, I'll meet you, too, and we'll take the kids out to play soccer. Whatever. That's
0: Transactional. Yeah.
7: That's cognitive. Yeah. That isn't affective. That's not emotional. That's like, you do this and I'll do that. That's fine. That's what we're going to do. Now, what happens, however, is that people discount that cognitive thing. They lose their ability to really think it out. And really, if you think about coaching, and I know you're a coach, yeah. Matt, and I know you've taught numerous people how to coach, what you're doing when you're teaching people how to coach is apply a cognitive grid, a cognitive apparatus, to an otherwise predominantly affective situation. No,
0: exactly. And, and overcoming and, and altering the, the affect. Absolutely. So, so you're basically, if we, if we change the thinking, we can change the feeling or at least Absolutely. yeah Absolutely. and direct the feeling
7: and direct it and manage it yeah. and actually learn from it.
0: But see so this is core when you th- I mean here's a great example doc this morning I have a guy come in his wife thinks he is the laziest bum in the world. He won't yeah. do anything. He says he'll do everything. Never does a thing. He comes in he's from Brazil. And um, was raised with servants. This is exactly how he told me. I was raised with servants. And um, so he blames his parents because it's just how I was raised. I was raised watching TV and I never had to do anything. And he starts to tell me about how all of these great business ideas he has, but he never can seem to follow through on them. And he's got a great opportunity in Brazil to go – he has a franchise if he wants to take it down there – to take something that would probably sell like crazy down there, a cold beverage drink that they could have on every beach in Brazil, and he would rock it. He's got all the rights. He's even kind of doing it. But he's working for an airline to get enough money just to make his little trips down there, even though he has a billionaire uncle. And I'm sitting there thinking, what? This doesn't make sense. You could, you're smarter than that. And I push on him and he's got a plan. It's everything. But literally his, his deal is he can't make a list. A, if he made a list, he couldn't stick to the list. If he could stick to the list for a minute, he'd be distracted in a second and he would never make it back to the list. And his, yep. so you know, okay. So help me diagnose that because, and then his wife though is convinced that he doesn't care so that's the affect. He does, she doesn't feel caring, and he's just a lazy bum.
7: He is cognitively stuck. Now I'm going to tell you something else that you know that I don't know. I'm going to guess right here in okay. front of your guess extensive it. audience. I'm going to guess an answer to this. And you can tell me whether I'm right or wrong. Okay. If I'm wrong, tell me so. I'm going to tell you that that relationship is in compromise and that there are significant conflicts in that relationship because, in fact, this is a prime example. We didn't rehearse this, Matt. No, not this at goes all. goes on all the time. Yeah. This, this relationship is in conflict because, in fact, that guy, as smart as he is, yep. is looking to the untrained eye like he's emotionally dependent, like, he, like he's passive uh-huh. and he needs somebody to take care of him. No, yeah. he is cognitively dependent, he is unable to think. Exactly. And his wife is his prefrontal cortex. Yeah. And she resents it because he's a smart guy. Uh-huh. So what's going on in that couplehood is he looks smart, but because he can't apply his intelligence, the inaccurate assumption is that he is lazy.
0: Exactly. Well, and Well, will she's, say,
7: look, I'm lazy.
0: Well, and she's a superhero cognitively. Do yeah. you know what I mean? She she yeah. can make a list and check it twice and make 15 more yeah. off of that list. So she looks at him like, you little, oh, apply yourself.
7: This is a classic case That's it. Oh. of cognitive dependency, yep. which then gets into emotional conflict.
0: Exactly. So the brain leading do do? the relationship, huh? That's exactly but the what hidden happened. brain, the one we're not even so. So I sat there and I said, "Dude, you've got to have something relative to ADD, ADHD. You've got to have something going on. So you need yeah. to go be assessed." And he's like, "Absolutely." I, he, Absolutely. He, this, you know what? I know you've heard this a million times, Doc. He's like, "You know what? I I might. I thought I have. I thought I did have something like that."
7: Now let me tell you, Matt, what's going to happen. What? Okay, I'm, I'm I'm happy to pat myself on the back. I got the first part. You right? nailed it. Now, I'm going to guess the next part. He's going to go to, I would say, in the range of <clears throat> 70% of the population are following the rules. I know. Following the rules on the current inadequate diagnostic coding book that was even more inadequate when it went from DSM-4 to DSM-5. Yeah. And I'm in good company with that. This isn't my idea in Virginia Beach. I'm with a group of people that think the same way. The past. Chairman of the Department of Duke, Alan Francis, who was the chair for the DSM four, knows this. Alan Shatzberg, past president of the American Psychiatric Association. He is either the chair or past chair of the Department of Psychiatry at Stanford. Stephen Stahl at University of California, San Diego, the preeminent psychopharmacologist in the world. All of these guys, because they're very senior and experienced, are biologically oriented. And they know that it's a house of cards that we're only dealing with appearances. So I'm, I thought I'd lay that groundwork. Yeah. Here's what's going to happen with this guy when he goes to about, I don't know, 50, 60% of the practitioners in the United States. They're going to say, no, you don't have ADD. You have avoidant personality. You have a personality <sighs> disorder.
4: Yeah.
7: Okay? It's not biological. I mean, whoever told you? Did that Matt guy tell uh. you? That this is a biologic condition it's that we so can That's so
0: true. Get. That's exactly what will happen.
7: This is a psychological condition. In fact, I think you're probably emotionally dependent on your wife.
0: Oh, here we go. <laughs> it's true, though, huh?
7: And this guy's life for the next 15 years, he could die that way.
0: Is that true? If I send him to a So if I send him to go be evaluated by a general practitioner, MD, they won't yeah. say that, will they?
7: Well, I mean, I could see therapists saying that. It depends on their point of reference. Okay. I, there are a lot of... The reason I was being real careful and yeah. trying to decide, because there are a lot of my colleagues who know exactly what's going on. Yeah. And, and what is going on, he has a subset of ADD. You completely accurately called it. He has a subset of ADD, which, Matt, read my lips, is not in the book. Yeah. Not in the book.
0: So it's not even on their radar.
7: It's not on their radar. That's why. So we're we're all yeah. playing... Playing games with human beings based on the limited structural knowledge of what's going on with cognition in the brain, the biology and the neurophysiology of the brain.:
0: Oh my heavens, Cause, and then meanwhile, every doctor's different and, well, and, and yeah, and so, so nobody really knows.
7: they don't get it. So uh. let me just explain what's going on with him because he's got a couple things. One thing is, and I don't know him, I'm guessing, yeah. but I'm going to guess he has two things, both of which are not in the book. And you're quite accurate because you know he's having a cognitive dysfunction you 're right. an experienced guy you've seen this many times, but the average person's not going to know what to do with him because they're like i don't know if I want to put him on a stimulant because he doesn't meet criteria uh. for attention deficit disorder. Matt, why are you send me <laughs> sending this guy to me? He's not hyperactive yeah, and technically speaking, as smart as he is, he probably did really well in school. I don't know that I could even call him. Inattentive. So if he's not hyperactive and inattentive, he couldn't possibly meet the criteria. He,
0: he had to cheat to get through school.
7: Oh, he did. Okay. So, so then, no. that, that he is
0: inattentive, and anyway, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but, I mean, but they, that's what—that's they, how they'll diagnose, huh?
7: Sometimes they'll miss the inattentiveness, yeah. and because I've got a guy, I've got a guy who's got two PhDs in physics, wow. who is completely lost, avoidant, and suffering from unmanageable cognitive abundance worrying fretting thinking and he is constipated with thinking he's got brain constipation
0: (laughs) that sounds horrible it's horrible okay doc we gotta take we gotta take a break but we're coming back i we're gonna keep picking the brain of dr charles parker uh seriously awesome author of the new ADHD medication rules. Check it out on Amazon. We'll be back on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143,
6: BYU Radio. The latest new invention down on the farm is self heating chickens. We'll give you the straight poop on how it works.
7: This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future.
6: Tria Systems is a small company with a big idea for poultry farmers. Farm-raised chickens are raised in large barns which need expensive heating in cold weather, usually from bottled gas. Tria system uses the chickens' own waste products to generate most of the heat required. When you raise a lot of chickens, they generate a lot of waste, which is usually stored in some kind of shed for processing. The natural breakdown process of this waste works like a compost pile, generating heat well over 100 degrees. Tria Systems captures this naturally occurring heat using recirculating fluid and underground pipes. The warmed fluid runs to heat exchangers in the chicken coops and back out to the waste storage unit. Combined with solar thermal collectors on the barn roof, the poultry operation can be self-heating all winter long without any additional heat source, except the chickens themselves. The waste eventually winds up as fertilizer for crops, some of which may end up as chicken feed again. Such cogeneration projects are models for more sustainable agricultural operations down the road. Or across it. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino.
7: Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA. Visit us online at innovationnow.us.
1: Individuals suffering from fatigue, inability to lose weight, depression, anxiety, headaches, or poor circulation may have Hashimoto's, the number one cause of low thyroid.
5: Red River Health and Wellness chiropractic physicians conduct extensive medical testing to determine the cause
7: of these symptoms, providing a customized treatment plan for our patients. Red River Health and Wellness has two Utah locations in South Jordan and St. George and in Albuquerque, New Mexico.
1: Learn more at LowThyroid101.com. Red River Health and Wellness.
0: Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. We are on the phone here with Dr. Charles Parker. He is our uh, our brain expert, and he's a, um, a psychiatrist, child and adult psychiatrist, just a great guy, author of the new ADHD medication rules, um, but why I love having him on the show is he gets that the power your brain has on pretty much everything in your life, and everything, including your own emotions. And so, Doctor uh, Parker, welcome back to the program.
7: Thanks for having me. Matt. I love talking to you. You, you bet. Really nail it very
0: well. Well, I think it's. I just it's frustrating. I think to all of us out there because um, we we want to trust the scientists to know, and the problem with it is is it's you're really on the breaking edge, the cutting edge of. This brain science stuff. How much longer do you think it's going to be before a lot of your work is just accepted and and well, manifested I, and realized?
7: Here's the thing I think it's slowly creeping in because what happens is everything I'm saying to you, you already know. Yeah,
0: no, it's true. You and know it. I, yeah, well, now, I, you're, I not,
7: you're not a quote unquote brain scientist, no. but intuitively you're a smart guy.
0: Right. Uh, totally and
7: you have a ton of common sense. Yeah, and you I nailed think your the doc. listeners have a ton of common sense i think the many many people out there have considerable common sense and everything i'm saying right now when i'm talking about thinking and feeling and looking at how we need to put those two concepts more accurately together is common sense the average person is going to get it and when the average person gets it it's going to change the way we think medically because i think society is going to change the way we think medically is going to come up from the bottom. And then somebody at Harvard is going to say, I had this great idea. Cognition should be measured.
0: <laughs> Brilliant idea. And then
7: there'll be, you know, and everybody, write, oh, wow, fantastic yeah. idea. Let's do it. So but if someone, cognition...
0: oh, go ahead. I was just I was going to say, if someone's sitting out there thinking, what's the big deal about cognition being measured? So, if some... But if someone's married And they're having a partner with boundary problems that keeps having affairs, or they're having somebody that has a lot of breakdowns, or doesn't seem to quite uh, know how to connect in. Every one of those has some cognitive metric you could go after, don't they?
7: Absolutely. Absolutely. If you think 90 – you tell me you do more of this work than I do, I'm just looking at at people who come in and we – we do the evaluations, but what you see in, in a practice like you have, what are the biggest problems in, in human relationship problems? You just oh, gave three of them. Three of them.
0: Reactivity is another one, just hyperreactive or
7: hyper-fight-flight. Boundary, boundary disputes. Yeah, huge. So what happens is they don't have any idea that boundaries exist. They don't mm-hmm. have any administrative skill with a from a couple point of view. Yeah. And so what you do is you turn their brain on and say, you just stepped over the fence, into her garden, and you're stepping on her rutabagas and tomatoes. <laughs> did you know that? Stay
0: off her rutabagas.
7: <laughs> and and the person will say, oh my gosh, you're right. Well, what happened when you did that? You put a cognitive measure, mm-hmm. you put a grid, a, a metaphoric grid, in that person's life with their wife, and they're like... Gee, I have to think about this garden principle because I'm stepping all over her rutabagas.
0: Hey, does, does, because normally then at that stage we'd say, look, so you obviously are a rutabaga stepper and yeah. you're going to end up crushing everybody's dreams by stepping all over them. It must be something your mother did. <laughs> right? So then we go to blame the parents. <laughs>
7: Yeah, I love that. It's so true.
0: And, and and so then I guess then we I guess we can get into therapy on blaming the parents. And I guess sometimes that's true, but does how we were raised um does that actually impact the cognitive the, the actual physiological wiring?
7: Well, yes it does. It's a part of the answer. I laugh because it's so psychoanalytic. It and, is. That's
0: what they do. And it's
7: sort of that sort of neo-Freudian stuckness yeah. that people get into, but but the answer is yes. How we're trained to think is partly a problem but that isn't all of the problem because if we go at both the con- the issue of how we were trained to think about reality so if you guy get a guy who's grown up like this person here yeah in a home who has totally been taken care of and he doesn't have to think for himself he's partly right I was never trained to think for myself therefore I have no common sense right. that's partly true but then the issue is okay do you care enough about yourself as a human being in your own development and your life with your wife to take some responsibility for actually taking care of yourself, cooking your own eggs in the morning, getting yourself together, and really thinking about what you're going to do with this really cool business plan? So yeah. the issue is, is he going to apply some cognitive activity to this otherwise completely stuck uh, brain spaghetti state that he's
0: right? see and we i guess we get really into it when we think okay great let's blame mom in the end though it's still his brain it's his yeah. brain now it's his brain that's got the problem it's his brain that needs kind of to be figured out it's this the recipe the solution is going to have to come from his brain
7: absolutely and what happens is when you i think as we as professionals say okay there's this thinking part that's not right and there's this feeling part that you need to manage better. You need to understand how to balance that feeling part so that you're not manipulating people with guilt by raging or crying. Both right. of them are guilt manipulations. Yeah. And so I'm going to make you feel guilty that you've hurt me, and if I do that, then I don't have to actually think for myself because I'll get you to think for me. And it just goes on, and it winds up being looking like an emotional dependency, but it's actually a cognitive dependency because i want this person outside of myself to fully function as the prefrontal cortex i have not trained myself to have that's
0: great i love that
7: it's amazing
0: it is amazing and it, you know what it, the whole time i'm sitting there thinking it's it's amazing and it resonates with people and i think it's totally right and Everyone else though, that wants to make it you know an affect problem, a psychological issue, issue a um a childhood parent issue, whatever we want to make it freudian, whatever, yeah. they're all being paid to do that still oh yeah, and so there's this, there's almost it's kind of now where science runs into the fact that you have so many different versions of interpretation on any given set of circumstances, it, yeah. and yet you could actually aggregate data.
7: Well, I I think the thing is, is it is an overwhelming thing to think about at first, when it looks complex. Mm -hmm. But if you think about the things that you and I have just been talking about in this brief period of time that we've been talking, so much of this is easily understandable. A person's prefrontal cortex is not working right if they're acting without thinking. That's a cognitive issue. If they're thinking, thinking, thinking without acting in a timely manner, that's a cognitive issue. If they are avoidant of changing reality and they're just sitting around like this guy, I'm not going to think, I'm not going to act, those are biologically mediated activities that are counterproductive for a person's development. Right. It's a biologic problem.
0: And the signs are there, and the brain will the signs- the yeah. play it out.
7: And, and, they can, and they can be fixed. This yep. is the hopeful point. Yeah. They actually can be fixed.
0: And it doesn't mean your partner is messed up or angry or really just hate you. they might just mm-hmm. be a little crosswired,
7: yeah, they can be crosswired and they can be get this word I love this word developmentally arrested, yeah, they, can, <laughs> they can I love be it developmentally arrested in their adult life. I love Ouch. that Ouch. well,
0: it's totally true though, huh. Okay, we're coming back, Doc. Stay with us. We're going to take a break here on the Matt Townsend Show. We're talking to Dr. Charles Parker, the author of New ADHD, Medication Rules. to a bestseller on Amazon. you got to get to Amazon and check it out. And uh, just finally start to get some headway, no pun intended, on <laughs> your life. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back after this break right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
2: KBYU FM HD2 Provo. Start your day off right with the morning show. Host Marcus Smith always gives you something new to
5: think about. I want to live my life all over again, and it's because I've got the wrong career. Uh, well, there's 12 different careers. I want to be. Uh, I want to be a rock star. That's one thing I want to do. I want to be a clinical psychologist. I think that'd be fantastic too. But boy, you hear you hear about what people actually study,
7: and I just I'm just mesmerized by. it. Catch the morning show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern
2: here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
1: Good afternoon. I'm Katie Jarvis with Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio News. A bipartisan group of senators is nearing agreement on a comprehensive immigration bill that would put illegal immigrants on a 13-year path to citizenship. The bill would make the most sweeping changes to immigration laws in decades. There are still some issues with the policy, but the senators on the project hope to resolve most of them by the end of this week. The Postal Service lost $16 billion last year and has said last month that it wanted to switch to five-day mail service to save billions annually. Despite the request to cut Saturdays, Congress decided that they wanted to keep all six days and the Senate approved and the bill is going to the president's desk for a signature. Montana is set to license the salvage of roadkill for human consumption, formalizing a practice that is already legal in West Virginia and Illinois. The controversial practice is discouraged in most other states, including Texas and Utah. A blizzard is sweeping across the Canadian plains and today caused a chain of massive traffic wrecks involving a bus, semi-trailer trucks, and cars. The accident occurred south of Edmonton, Alberta, and sent about 300 injured travelers to the hospital. A new government study shows U.S. schoolchildren are being diagnosed with some form of autism at a record rate of 1 in 50. The number of children with autism has been rising for more than two decades, but experts say it's unclear whether children today are at greater biological risk than those in past generations or if the rise correlates with an increased awareness. In world news, President Obama met with Palestinian Authority President Mohammed Abbas in the West Bank. President Obama said Palestinians deserve an independent and sovereign state and an end to occupation, uh, occupation by Israel. More deaths are reported from a suicide bomb attack inside a mosque in Damascus. Local Syrian news says that 42 people have died and more than 80 others have been wounded. And that's the news. I'm Katie Jarvis with Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're joined by Dr. Charles Parker, child and adult psychiatrist, author of the book, The New ADHD, Medication Rules. It's a bestseller on Amazon. You got to check it out. He's teaching us the impact that our cognitive side of our life has on our emotional side of our life. So when you sit there and you think of issues you might be having in your relationships, like a really reactive partner or a partner that crosses all the boundaries or is addictive even um, and or has um, you know mood swings, things like that, Dr. Parker's teaching us there's a very good likelihood that these issues have very real brain um, solutions, cognitive solutions that reside in the brain, and they are correctable. There is some potential treatment. Is that right, Dr. Parker?
7: Absolutely. All it takes is a little bit. If you think about people that come in, and you've been a counselor for many, many years, a, a, a psychologist working with coaching people, if you think about people who are out there who are struggling and they're thinking do i need some help Well, it's going to be easier for them to actually get some help if they actually think about the whole thing of i just really have to rethink from a business point of view how i'm actually managing my life it's a more cognitive approach and what happens is so many people think i'm going to be embarrassed because i'm going to go in there and i'm going to be undressed emotionally Mm -hmm. i'm going to be I'm going to have to open my heart. I'm going to have to be eviscerated in front of my wife, and I don't want to be eviscerated in front of my wife. And really, it isn't that. It's really, how do we do business? It's coaching. Let's put it together. Let's think of a different strategy. Let's look how we negotiate and do conflict resolution. A lot of that, almost all of it, with really successful business is cognitive. You think about Jack Welch, for example, in winning. He wrote a, uh, a book on winning. The guy was the chairman of uh, GE. And you know, can you imagine running a GE board meeting where people are getting up and shouting at each other? Right. I mean, <laughs> that's not going to happen. That way. Right. It's not going to They're going to think about what they're going to say. They're going to have an agenda. They're going to put it together. And what we don't do is because we're close to the people we love, we think we don't have to negotiate. I'm just going to pour out my emotions that's going to solve the problem. Right. And, and, and when they come into counseling, they find out no, we need to put some cognitive bar- parameters on this thing and re and learn how to negotiate.
0: And there are, and then there are just those that you could you could even set maybe some rules with them. You can set the boundaries, but in the end, there's some that just it doesn't matter what boundary you set, they can't live it.
7: They can't they can't do it. Yeah. And because the funny thing is, so
0: then what are you supposed to do with them historically? Uh, well, that's yes. a
7: tough one because here's the thing what I tell a person like that is look it's really simple this whole thing goes down you're gonna have pain you may have to have three or four pains you may need Mm. five or six marriages to get the picture somewhere in there the reality will hit you just like a thunderstorm you are standing in your own rain you have not gone inside you're not using your brain to protect yourself from the reality that you're actually creating Mm. and with that pain you're gonna change now you may not be insufficient change in this uh, pain in this lifetime to change, but that is that's how it works. It does that work that way all the time.
0: You know, it's powerful, and again, I love it too because there's it gives you so many more tools. The idea that you can it you, you can still have the therapeutic approach, you can still have a very technical kind of structured coaching approach where we set out a bunch of rules and tools and. Uh, solutions, but you can also have a very scientific approach where we actually go in and figure out what part of your brain isn't functioning right and uh, and start to kind of create a strategy from there. That's why I think your system's invaluable. Now, is it everywhere? Where are you located, Dr. Parker?
7: I'm in Virginia Beach. We, we consult really all over the world. We've got active patients right now in Taiwan. We can't write for anything or do right. anything specific in Taiwan, but we can coach them, and we can do... Some of the things we do, we do some arcane measurements that are arcane in terms of traditional psychiatry. They're not arcane if you get over in terms of neurophysiology. We actually, I'm going to go a little deep real quickly, yeah. but it's just kind of fun to think about it. We've been in traditional psychiatry. All we do is attempt to manipulate neurotransmitters in the synapse. That's all we're doing is focusing on synaptic neurotransmission.
0: So the, the, the connection between two neurons, I guess.
7: Two, two neurons, yeah. And so what happens <clears throat> is, I metaphorically compare that process to chicken catching. Okay, because <laughs> what happens is, the, what we do with medicine, medicine does not put neurotransmitters in the brain, it collects the neurotransmitters that are there in the right places. So it's, they're chicken collectors. Every, every psych medication is a chicken collector. Well what we see in our office, this to take this conversation a little deeper, is we see so many human beings that actually are deficient in neurotransmitters. So if they're deficient in neurotransmitters for one physiologic problem or another, then and you put chicken collectors in there to collect neurotransmitters that are not there, this is really common sense. Is it gonna work? Mm. No. It's not going to work. Right. You're going to come out empty-handed.
0: Empty chickens.
7: So, yeah. So then, what happens is we take the evaluation a little further. Where we apply, you know, some of the things we're talking about in terms of the prefrontal cortex. Yes, it works for emotions too. But we start looking at other avenues that are really uh, useful in terms of actually figuring out what's going on on a deeper level.
0: Yeah. yeah. So it's it, it, is this going on forever, or are we just losing our ability and the and these. Synapses and our our chickens have have we all been losing chickens forever or is this something that's more aware?
7: We're we're more aware aware than we've ever been. That's one thing. And our diet is a very very big deal. It's all happened in if you look at the entire time human beings have been around. It's like in a second or two of all that time. Yeah, we have changed our diet dramatically. We're eating, and and I'm sure you bring this up. I haven't listened to your program, you know, recently. I did earlier, but. You know, the whole thing of what are we taking into our body? What are we eating? Well we don't we're not putting the right stuff in there often. And what happens is when we don't put it in there and or and or we have significant immune problems Mm -hmm. that actually prevent the digestion of that. Think about the people you see that come into your office that are troubled who are either overweight or underweight. It goes either way. And if they're overweight or underweight, the possibility that they have a significant problem with the way they're metabolizing food is high.
0: Totally. Plus, it's a bad fight. If you're fighting an overweight versus an underweight, it's just not a fair fight.
7: Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And so what happens is that person is struggling because they're going to try diets and everything else. They're missing the problem. The bowel is not working correctly. And that, that's a, uh, an environmental influence is the word I was looking for, an yeah. environmental influence that goes down. If the bowel's not working correctly, guess what the canary in the coal mine is?
0: Yeah, that's it. The canary's the, dead. The brain isn't working that's right. correctly. So it's not getting the nutrients, and so the synapses aren't firing. In fact, yeah. uh, one of our producers here was telling me earlier about the idea that, um, that iron. She was just diagnosed as having low iron. Yeah. Does that, do you know much about that and what that oh, would yeah. do? Yeah. What, what is that? It's Madison and she's on the phone with us here, but she just had a, you know, an exam and was feeling kind of tired and down. Is that right, Madison?
5: Yeah. So what happened is, um, I, I've just kind of noticed that I love to sleep a lot. Hey,
0: hey, who doesn't?
5: <laughs> I know. Right. And so, um, it hasn't really affected me that much until I went to donate blood the other like two Saturdays ago. And, um, I kind of almost passed out and there've been some other things that, um, since I'm a student athlete, they've taken my blood and kind of checked up on me and they found out that I actually have a low iron deficiency that I, um, that it's really affecting me. So, um, but ever since I started taking like a multivitamin, you know, just to get every day, I've had so much more energy. I've been more attentive and even little things like I would fold things constantly and mess something with my hands um it wasn't that my i could not focus it's just i always had to be doing something with my hands um that has stopped
0: what does that do i I mean i've even had i've had a psychiatric nurse uh that i'd send people to that i can't remember how my client was manifesting but she just gave him iron and it like was a miracle drug
7: yeah well we here's the thing that that we do, and uh, Madison, yours is a very typical history. Even though you sound like you're a young woman, you can have an, uh, a problem even at on fourteen or fifteen years old, based on what's going on. If you have an immune system dysregulation, your bowel isn't working right, your periods are messed up. That's going to be an iron problem, very obviously. Yeah. But more than that, what happens is it's more than just iron. What happens is we see people who I had a Really cute, seventeen-year-old cheerleader girl who was suicidal every day, not responding to meds. We measured her neurotransmitters; her neurotransmitters were down on the floor. They were terrible. But it took us the next level. We had to go in, and we found out we did a hair analysis on her, and she had a sky-high copper level.
4: Mm, copper, uh, yeah.
7: Sky-high copper level was making her psychotic.
0: So
4: oh she was
7: hallucinating and, and suicidal based on the hallucinations. Now, in my old way of thinking, I just give her medicine and keep on trying to do the medicine, and we're not <sighs> going to look any further into the evidence. But thank goodness you've got some good people out there, uh, Madison, yeah. looking at what the other causes for a person being tired. I haven't and seen Iron that she's only- psychotic. Yeah, iron, iron's only one of them, you know. Oh
0: my heavens! Thanks a lot. Oh yeah, you're doing great, Madison. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since they figured that out, you've been a lot more friendly too. Okay. thanks. Uh, <laughs> you haven't been sleeping. Up. That's right. You used to sleep on the floor. No, I would not. Yes, you did, but that's okay. You weren't being paid that time.
7: Um, but that's that's an adrenal thing. Your adrenal is running around very. It's, iron is directly related to uh, thyroid function. You know, if your iron's not working right, your thyroid could not be working right. You can have significant trace element problems that affect your adrenal function. Your adrenal function challenges your energy, so you just feel like you just can't get out of bed in the morning. We We see so many people coming back from the fronts in the the Middle East who are, you know, strong, frontline uh, warrior guys. Yeah. we In Virginia Beach, we have a SEAL team here. Yeah, we
4: tough don't see dudes. them that
7: often because they keep them, but we do occasionally see the SEALs come through. We see the special ops guys come through. And we actually measure them, and they are completely in the tank because they've dissipated everything over there at war. Yeah. And their adrenal is it, adrenals are, are sucking wind. So what happens is if somebody gives them you know, an antidepressant, which they don't want to take in the first place, right or whatever it would be, a, a, a uh, mood stabilizer of some kind, it's missing oh. the underlying mark. Totally. So what happens is then they feel untreatable, and what do they get? Suicidal. Yeah, more because, depressed, exactly. Yeah, because you're not treating the actual problem that exists. with. And it looks like PTSD. is yeah. partly PTSD, but part of the reason is PTSD. You'll get a kick out of this one prefrontal cortex is not operating correctly right because it's not sorting the impulses that are coming up from the deeper structures
0: and then worse we have to go talk about it once a week yeah oh, know, so then i got to sit down and talk about it
7: hate that and they're going to ask me about my mother
0: and how do you feel and was your mother suicidal
7: yeah yeah
0: no you know i don't remember her being suicidal but my mother also didn't serve on the front of a war uh, yeah. having to kill people and chase people down and i mean and and drain her adrenals it's yeah, it, it's
7: so complicated is, it is complicated but you know it isn't that complicated if we just take a first of all a cognitive approach right. is where we started the conversation so we've got to just take that other 50% of the brain and think about it yep then if we take this thing that Madison was bringing up that you introduced with Madison if we start look at the way the body is actually managing itself from a nutritional point of view, then a whole lot can be done without a lot of effort. Exactly. I mean, it'd be very easy to say to Madison, Madison, you're depressed. You need an antidepressant. It's obvious that you have a feeling of apathy and indifference.
0: Well, and you know what's really interesting that you don't know, Doc, is Madison's had a family event, too, that was pretty traumatic. And so therapeutically, they would have tied it to that event, probably. (laughs) Not mm-hmm. yeah. her chemistry.
5: Yeah, well, that's actually, exactly right. the interesting thing is that I've never felt depressed. It was just being tired. Yeah, so they'd yeah. say, oh, you're just yeah. depressed, honey. Yeah.
0: You're just depressed that's, because that is of truth. your event.
5: Yeah. Yeah,
7: that's what they do.
5: People <sighs> would call
7: it depressed because that's all they know.
0: Exactly. They're
7: not really thinking about the rest of the picture.
0: Yeah, tra- draw her blood. Gather <laughs> some data,
7: <laughs> yeah. for heaven's yeah. sakes. No. Nope. I mean, that's the deal.
0: That's exactly the deal. And And you know what, Doc? It doesn't... The only way I, see, I think to combat, because I combat it every day in my practice, and I, I literally only have maybe one. I have you. I guess I could send them to you over in Virginia Beach. But I have one person that's a psychiatric nurse practitioner, Ph.D., clinical psychologist, and she pretty much will draw everybody's blood that comes to her. And she'll do, she'll do clinical diagnostics, you know, with traditional uh, assessments for psychological issues, and then she'll draw their blood. And she actually relies more on the blood than the diagnosis, than the other stuff.
7: Well, absolutely. You had the ad on. While well, I was listening to the ad, you had the who's doing Hashimoto's. Yeah. Hashimoto's is on the radar, should be on everybody's radar. Hashimoto's is an autoimmune problem. So every Hashimoto's has a bowel problem, oh. whether it's obvious or not obvious. So if you take it down further, you could... Number one, treat them for Hashimoto's, which we do recommend. But then look at the, uh, the underlying cause of it, because very likely they have some kind of an immune dysregulation. And that's when we get into the whole IgG, IgE, oh, yeah. which is a whole more complicated. But it, Man. But it should be measured. If totally. you can measure it, why not do it? You know? Well,
0: and if you're listening out there, then be aware and now know that when you have any issue in your life... Uh, a relationship issue in particular, or boundary issues, addictions, relationship issues, emotional issues, exhaustion, all of these things that impact your life. Don't just assume it's an emotional thing. Don't just assume it's even just an environmental thing. There's a cognitive side that might be caused by environment, but it's complicated. So the solution, I guess, is always more complicated than we think. And yet, go deeper. There's ways to find out. you got to go really where they need to go is go look up drcharlesparker.com and uh, and get his book, The New ADHD Medication Rules. I mean, that's
7: a great... That, that book That book is a great start. I mean, yeah, I wrote it, but the reason I wrote it is because I really want yeah, to talk personally to the public, because if the public understands that, they understand far more about cognition than the average medical professional on the street
0: oh absolutely
7: because, and i'm really i really wrote that so people could say hey medical professional this is my cognitive problem i think it can be fixed if we take a look at it yeah
0: doc we appreciate you we're, we're going to have you back on uh, and we're going to keep okay. you know we'll keep calling you even if you don't want to come thanks on. thanks
7: so much for having me matt thank you madison thank you
0: and dr charles parker joining us new adhd medication rules check out the book on amazon great insight when we come back we're gonna we're gonna introduce you to a woman that loves her husband so much she wrote him a poem and she has got to share it with all of us you're listening to the matt townsend show right here on sirius xm 143 byu radio
8: You put on a good suit
7: or whatever, and you say, I'm going out to have a good time. Ready for a good time? Bill Cosby's coming to the Tuacon Amphitheater in Southern Utah Friday, March 22nd. You owe this to yourself. You work hard all week. Learn more about Bill Cosby live at Tuacon by going to tuacon.org. And that's called
4: having a good time.
2: Taking a look at a stunning production releasing to home theatres, I'm Rob Gustafson. After wowing audiences around the world and in theatres with their circus-style acrobatics, the Canadian entertainment company Cirque du Soleil lends their talents to a movie script following two young lovers who begin a fantastical journey to find one another.
7: Everyday life can sometimes seem ordinary, so it's natural. To crave
2: something more. To hunger for something that you can't describe. While the storyline is almost non-existent, the acrobatics are beyond description. Using water, fire, huge rotating sets, and exquisite costumes, the company takes audiences' world away on a fantastic adventure. For more details on this film that includes brief moments of peril and sensuality, visit parentpreviews.com.
0: Welcome back to the program, everybody. Hey, um, so during the break there, I just like to look over at Skyboy every once in a while. And this time I asked him, so Skyboy, are you dating anyone? And right then he started the music cue so we could get going with the show. We're
1: on a time crunch, Matt.
0: Gosh. I asked one simple question. Don't have time for for that. (sighs) Well, we'll talk about it when we're done with the show. Uh here's the deal. So I have uh, I have my Facebook page. You really ought to go if you want to have your life changed. Go check out my Facebook page. Uh, but on the on my page there I had a, a one of my friends left me a message. Her name is Spring Mills Clark. Spring is so in love with her husband that she they they wanted to just improve their relationship. And um so she she put together a little something-something that uh, I wanted to have her on the show. Now, Spring, are you with us?
8: Yes, I am. I'm right here.
0: Okay, now fill me in. So you and your hubby wanted to make relationship, your relationship better. You're investing some time, a little energy. What did you do? You went and bought a book?
8: Yeah, we went and bought the book 101 Nights of Great Romance. Whoa, and now. by Laura Corn and a friend had recommended it to okay. us.
0: Well, you just should have bought my book. <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't have had to go through all this effort. Um, but no so in this book, uh, 101 Nights of Romance by Lara mm-hmm. Korn. Yes. And um, tell me what tell me what you found in the book.
8: Well, there's these sealed um, pages and you rip out the pages and then you read a task that you're supposed to do that week um, for your spouse to bring in some great romance. And the first um, I, I decided to go first and I opened it up and, um, I was looking, it has like different symbols, you know, for seasons and one had a winter symbol. So it was in February, we just got it after Valentine's day, opened it up and, uh, cause I had the winter symbol yeah. and it was called no girls allowed. And I thought, okay, that's kind of different. And then it says, plan a party for your husband and his, um, cronies so that they can get together. And have a guy's night, and you make all this food, and then you leave. And I'm like, wow. "How does that build great what? romance?"
0: <laughs> Hello, I think <laughs> Lara Cro or Corn is that her name? Is going crazy, but yes.
8: it, it,
0: but you did it.
8: I did it. I did it. Um, I did not do the um, centerpiece with drill bits. And screwdrivers <laughs> that she suggested, I okay. do <laughs>
0: you backed it down a little bit,
8: yeah, I did. so there's just and a then bunch of I activities. My next one yeah. and, well, he opened his okay. and his the next week was uh, to make a candlelight uh, spaghetti dinner, okay? <laughs>
0: wow, really?
8: <laughs> yeah,
0: he got off it easy. Says,
8: yeah, he got off easy, and then I opened up mine and it says, um, "Get on air." And say a poem of
0: how much you love your spouse. <laughs> oh my heaven. How come it's harder for ladies?
8: Yours I don't is a know. lot. Harder. And
0: then his next one is say hi in a text. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so you then that's where you contacted me and you said, Okay, I'm gonna I gotta get on air, first of all, and I have a lot of air. <laughs> and B, you put together a poem. Yes. Now is your we husband had listening easy poem right now? That you
8: could and I thought, well, I'd rather do one that I wrote. You, you know, made up your own. I made up my own, yeah.
0: Roses are Red. <laughs> so, what's, <laughs> what's your husband's name?
8: His name is Benjamin.
0: So, Benjamin is out there listening.
8: Yes. Okay, he
0: is. Benjamin Clark. Yes. Okay, Spring, this is your moment.
8: Okay. All right, here we go. It's called Seasons of Love. Then, Summer, Meeting Dances Under Stars in Parking Lots Surrounded by Cars. Autumn, falling, long walks, longer talks, and sweet first kisses, along with a few hits and misses. Winter, engaging, a proposal rings in the new year on the bridge whispered in my ear. Spring, marrying, I remember that night in May after such a glorious day. Now, summer, autumn, winter, six six kids, crazy fun, you get the picture. And this spring, love has grown beyond everything above.
0: Wow. That's going to work.
8: You think so? That was
0: good. Seriously (laughs) good. Now, he's not around you right now, is he? He actually
8: is. He's here.
0: Did he give you the eye? Did he, like, raise an eyebrow? (laughs) Yep.
8: He's he's, he's smirking. Is he smirking? uh, Nodding his head at me.
0: (laughs) Okay. Wow, that was really good. And you went the extra mile, which means you really, really, really love him.
8: Yes, I
0: do. Which means the next one that he does for you, he better really nail it
8: yeah he better
0: not to add pressure (laughs) to an already (laughs) probably stressed relationship with six kids um but maybe what you ought to do spring is you probably need to keep us posted on this okay and i i especially want to hear some of benjamin's harder ones okay (laughs) because that you went out of your way to do that first of all can i just commend you because it's not easy to keep love alive A, B. It's not easy to get a hold of me, (laughs) and you did. But I thought you meeting me on my doorstep was weird. Yeah,
8: you know (laughs) that was just a
0: little creepy. Uh, Yeah, but I I really got
8: you. (laughs) Yeah,
0: you you really are amazing because you this was really important. So I don't know if Ben knows how much you did, but you tracked it down. You you got a hold of me. You then actually very smartly got in my wife's ear. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't know how that happened, but she then would not let me forget this, um, even on my vacation. And
8: Was it the Cease Candy that I promised? <laughs> oh, did you
0: promise Cease Candy? Because we did not I know did. about I that. I
8: promised I would send you Cease Candy uh, certificate. Oh, <laughs> you know
0: what? I would do it, except I found out from our doctor earlier that my diet's impacting my brain capacity and function. <laughs> and then my team earlier told me that my maple bars maybe aren't good for me. So. Don't worry about the seized candy. In fact, give it to No, don't give it to your man. Have him get you some seized candy. Uh. <laughs> but keep me posted, will you? Via Facebook. Yeah. Fill us in on your on your this uh, you've still got what? 98 more of these.
8: Yes, we do.
0: Okay. Keep and I, I
8: did want to I started another one uh this week yeah. just cuz I I was you, were waiting. you know, we were doing them weekly. Right. And I was supposed to mail him some things, and I got, we got him back. Uh, we got a little note, and I said, I said, t- go get the mail, you know. <laughs> and he comes in, and he's like, I got this slip, and it says we owe postage. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't get a break. <laughs>
0: yeah, you can't. So far, you're really struggling. Well, uh, just tell Benjamin to give you a hug, because you're on the radio. Okay, I will. <laughs> Thank you so much, Spring. congratulations, and thanks for modeling what a good relationship looks like
8: thank you so much appreciate you having us on and letting me read
0: my poem you bet that's what it's about folks see sometimes you just gotta work at it that's the show we thank you for joining us again we do this program to give you a leg up in life hopefully uh, you know not everything is easy sometimes we might need a doctor to give us a little advice maybe a little blood work to get our iron levels back up or you know just a bunch of people around you telling you not to eat the maple bar but no matter what happens, when you put your effort into it, like our great guest Spring just did, you know, good things are going to come. Thanks for joining us. We will see you again, talk to you again tomorrow right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.